Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to season six, episode sixteen of Let's Go Blues Radio. The uh, the two of us uh, are live on Wednesday, February 7th, 2018. This is franchise episode number 119 all time. My name is Kurt Price. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. And with me tonight is the rich and connected Jeff Ponder. And his Twitter handle is at jponder94. So Bill is not with us due to him having a busy schedule right now. So it looks like uh, Bill is going to miss, uh, what, free steak and beer night? Jeff, what a shame. Yeah, yeah, truly a shame. Now, now, Kurt, I have a question for you to start the show. Yeah. Did you know that Steve Eiserman scored a big goal against <laughs> the St. Louis Blues in the 90s? Shut up. Just there, shut up. We, we got it out of the way, shut so we don't up. have to mention it the rest of the damn show. Now it's going to be mentioned twice, because it's going to come up eventually on its own, naturally, without you forcing it. You will be bringing it up, I'm sure. Yeah, well, that's my job. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh... If uh, the folks like to send the uh, show a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we will read it on the air. Uh, if you'd like to join us on the air to talk some of the hockeys, I go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join button later on in the show when we make that link available, and we'll let you know when that is. Uh, the Let's Go Blues uh, radio shop, letsgoblues.com. Check it out for some shirts and stickers and such. Um, Jeff, the official beer... Your official beer of episode 119 is what? Uh, well, it's one that I just tweeted out. It's not a bad beer. It's pretty uh, pretty light beer. The I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Elysian no. Space Dust IPA. No, it's pronounced syphilis. It's pronounced what? No, just... Say syphilis? Yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> God. Come on. This is a family show. Is it, this is, syphilis not a dirty word? It's, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a medical... We don't need to be teaching kids about syphilis. Their parents were supposed to do it's that. It's a medical. That's not. It's not a sex talk thing. It's just a. It's a. It's a medical term. It's something <sighs> they find on Web WebMD. It's fine. I can't take you anywhere. You're making a big deal out of nothing, and so you well, made this into something uh, that shouldn't be. So not not the syphilis beer, which I do not recommend. <laughs> the Elysian Space Dust IPA. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a citrus flavor. Uh, pretty easy going down, and uh, definitely not hard to drink. Um. This is the sixth of my six pack, so obviously I've kind of enjoyed it. So, uh, Kurt, how's yours? Uh, mine's good. You uh, you said yours was rather citrusy. Mine is uh, citrusy as well. So uh, mine's the the, uh, the old bakery beer uh, brewery in uh, Alton. Uh, it's the citrus wheat beer, which I'll hold up there. And oh, uh, that's good stuff. I like it a lot. It's fruity, herbal, and refreshing, according to the can, which I would agree with. So uh, yeah, drink local, right? I like it. it is that good with uh, Cheez-Its? Uh, what isn't good with Cheez-Its? That's a good. That's a very good point. I don't have I like any, the way you think. I don't have any Cheez-Its. Now I'm sad. Uh, yeah, I got some in the other room. I kind of regret not grabbing them. 
so people could hear me eat right. while they listen to the show. That's what everybody wants. Yep. Uh, so sh- shall we? Uh, shall we switch it up a little bit since our guest has already joined us? That works for me. As Kurt takes a giant gulp of his beer. Yeah, ask me a question while I'm drinking. Thanks. Yeah, I'll be sure to watch. And uh, every time you take a gulp, I'm asking you something. <laughs> Great. So for uh, and I, we teased this a little bit on uh, on Twitter. Uh, we have a special guest with us. Even though the Blues are not playing the Flyers, uh, we got somebody involved with the Philadelphia Flyers to talk about our favorite topic. Probably not hers. The Braden Shen and Yori Laterra trade. Uh, joining us now is Steph Driver. You can follow her on Twitter at StephaliciousD. Uh, Stephalicious, I- I'm just going to let you all try and figure out how to spell that. It's not that, that difficult. <laughs> it, it, is uh, like it's, it is like it sounds, I think. Yeah, exactly how it sounds. Uh, PH, not two Fs. That would be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> she is the site manager for Broad Street Hockey. That's broadsthockey.com. Uh, they're an SB Nation site. She's the executive producer and host of Broad Street Hockey Radio, as well as Yelling About Sports. Uh, Steph, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we, uh, again, this is something that's come up pretty much every week in our show, uh, talking about this trade. And we have discussed bringing on a Flyers personality (laughs) to get their side of it. And for some reason, I've followed you for a long time. For some reason, it just clicked last week after our show. I need to get her. She's she's a great Twitter follow. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. <laughs> my Twitter sometimes is a hot mess, and I apologize for my voice. I've just been screaming for three days straight. About the Laterra trade? Oh, well, that's been, you know, three months. <laughs> More than that at this point. Um, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was... So... Should, do you want me to replay how it went for me that night? Yeah, I was actually my first question to you was what's your what was your initial reaction to the trade? So we we had a big uh, Broad Street Hockey draft party because we you know we jumped from thirteen to two, so we were it was a Nolan Patrick welcome party essentially, um, and it's winding down. We just had the bar for a couple hours. Um, and all of a sudden the trade announcement comes through that Braden Shen had been traded. Um, now Braden Shen was, and probably is still my favorite flyer. So immediately it it was just like, what, what, what are you talking about? Who, who did you trade him for? Where is he going? And what did we get back? So the return was, you know, Everybody knows two first round picks and Yori Laterra. I had never heard of Yori Laterra before, <laughs> but I was convinced that he was a worse Dale Weiss. <laughs> and I don't really think that I was wrong <laughs> from my initial <laughs> assessment. I don't really think that I was wrong. Um, the two first round picks, one of them ended up being. Morgan Frost, you know, the, the next we'll find out who that is. Um, I didn't, I also didn't know who Morgan Frost was until hours later. I was convinced that they got um, Tolvanen. I thought that that's who they picked. And that was <laughs> not what Ron Hextall did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a little background. I know uh, uh, Kurt's story too. I was sitting on my couch. I uh, actually didn't do anything for the draft this year and uh, or last year, I guess. And um, 
when when they first announced Gary Bettman, the way that he announced it was, we have a trade to announce. The St. Louis Blues have traded Yori Laterra. The minute he said that, I jumped out of my seat, yelled so loud that my five-year-old son woke up. And <laughs> I mean, I was exuberant. And I get done yelling and realize I didn't hear the trade. All that I heard <laughs> was they traded Yori Laterra. So I'm already ecstatic. I go online to see what it is. And boom, I see the deal, and I was blown away that he was able to get what this team needed, a first or second line center. Uh, Kurt, I know your story was similar. So, I mean, it, it was it was a it was a complete shock for us. Um, what was the, the most daunting part for you? Was it the fact that Laterra's numbers weren't great, or was it the contract that set you back a little bit? So the initial trade was it wasn't it wasn't the initial trade that upset me because okay I can look at the future I can see that you've got two first round picks okay like I can be forward thinking sitting here today the problem is they play him and not <laughs> only do they play him but they play him in all situations. So we've got your Laterra on our power play. We've got your Laterra on our PK. We've got your Laterra logging 14 minutes a night at five on five. Like he sat in the beginning of the season, they had him sitting. He was a healthy scratch for, I don't know the number of games off the top of my head, but it was a significant portion of October and November. And then all of a sudden he comes in and he is an every situation player. And I just don't understand. I just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, trust me. We feel your pain. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a specific play that I will point you to where uh, it was in the winter classic of last year where Tarasenko scored a goal. The only reason that it was scored was because Yori Laterra was so far behind the play that he was able to actually get the puck as he, I think it was the other team was breaking out and slide it up. And it was like, Hey, his slow of foot actually helped this team for once <laughs> for the first time ever. Yep. I, I have never seen a player move so slow and we've got, we've got a lot of really bad skaters on the flyers and, and I just, I've never seen anybody skate so slow. Wasn't it Shattenkirk? Uh, Jeff, during the Winter Classic, to be, be in the locker room, like a little pep talk, that he made a joke about Latera's speed. Yes, so yeah, it was yeah. Shattenkirk. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You could. Uh, they they had you know the the behind the scenes stuff, and you hear Kevin Shattenkirk giving jabs to Latera about how he's so slow and and has no uh, has no speed. So even the players are uh, are are mentioning it on live TV. Um, so. We can talk about Latera some more if, if Kurt has questions later, but I wanted to ask you, you said that you are um, you are not a Shen hater. You are actually a fan. Oh, yeah. But there are a lot of Flyers fans that seem to hate Braden Shen. Oh, why? I, must, I have to ask why. So, well, my personal opinion is because they're intimidated because he's a handsome man. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, really the only thing that I can think of. Um there's on, on a more basic level, there appeared to be at some point, some kind of rivalry between Sean Couturier and Braden Shen among the fan base, not actually the players where people decided they had to pick one side or the other. And you had to go hard on your player and against the other one, which is 
ludicrous. Um, it, it never, it never made sense to me, but there have been a significant and vocal group of, of Flyers fans that just hate Braden Shen. They'll say that he's inconsistent. Every hockey player is inconsistent. Uh, they'll say, well, he can't score not at five on five. He's, he can only score in the power play. Well, I'm pretty sure that those goals count too. Um, you know, they'll say that he's only doing well in St. Louis because of Tarasenko. <laughs> okay. I mean, Tarasenko is an amazing player. However, like look at your own team. You could say that Sean Couturier is only doing well because of Claude Giroux. Like there, there are so many weird, just, just bizarre things that people say about Braden Shen that I've just never understood. Yeah, well, trust me, uh, watching the games, if it's anything, Tarasenko's having a decent season because of Shen. I think most really? fans would tell you that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, Terrence, Kurt, go ahead. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, well I was going to say that uh, the, the whole uh, one fan group loving one player versus another fan group loving another player and they kind of pit against each other. We have that kind of thing going on in uh, net right now with St. Louis. Your yes. Allen fans and your Hutton fans. It's, uh, it's almost like that the other one side's rooting against the other side to do poorly so so their guy can start or they can be right in an argument. It's, a, it's a, the same kind of thing but in goal for us. That's crazy. Yeah, it is it's crazy. It's even more crazy when they're, they're splitting games. Like, can't you just – everyone get along? <laughs> <laughs> Says the person from Philadelphia. I love it. Well, listen, I'm, I'm in a state of euphoria, euphoria right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, we uh, – um, um, I was going to make a battery joke, but <laughs> because of that, I'm going to refrain. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of moving on, I guess, unless – Kurt, did you have any more on the Laterra trade you wanted to ask? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. Okay. I want to hear more about Tarasenko and and Braden Shen propping him up. Tell me more about this. Well, so uh, you know, Tarasenko is a player that can kind of step up and do things on his own. But as of late, and uh, Kurt, I don't know if you agree, uh, it has not seemed that way. Tarasenko, uh, with a joke on this, is because this is what fans like to say. Uh, he's not doing the small things. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. And uh, I think that there's actually a little bit of truth to that. Lately, he's uh, kind of kind of been hidden on the Blues offense. Now, granted, they're not scoring goals anywhere on this team right now. But uh, I think throughout the year, especially at the start when it was uh, Schwartz and Shen that, that had such great chemistry together, Tarasenko was just kind of there. And, yeah, he's, he's scoring goals, and I'm not trying to dog the guy because he, he does do a lot for this team. But uh, Shen really has – to me, been uh, an MVP-type player for this team, uh, probably sits behind uh, Carter Hutton at this point. But, um, which yeah, is why, which Shen is why Shen fantastic, and I don't think there's one Blues fan that would tell you otherwise. Well, which is why Shen made the All-Star team and Tarasenko did not. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a decision that we completely agreed with. Uh, everyone on this show, including our other host, Bill, um, there was a lot of fans that said, oh, you know, Tarasenko's leading this team in goals. He's whatever he was, fifth in the league. Uh, yeah, but Braden Shen has was has been consistently good all year, and uh, that's exactly what this team needs right now. So I'm sure you just love hearing that. I do. That makes that makes me so happy. I wish it were on my team, but he would not have had the success that he's having in St. Louis here on this team. So that that makes me happy to hear. I want I want good things from him. I got a St. Louis uh, Blues Shen jersey for Christmas, so now I have you guys winning the cup. 
<laughs> oh, I'll oh. take it. Like that's that's all that needed to happen is for me to get my jersey, and then that's it. Well, if you ask Blues fans, they're only one goalie away, right, Kurt? <laughs> we've, we've been Do you one... want Michael Neuvert? I've got one of those. <laughs> we've been one goalie away for about 51 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so uh, I, I did want to ask you, because one of my favorite all-time players, uh, believe it or not, is your current goaltender, uh, Brian Elliott. Um, I was a big fan of his. I think Kurt was, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that he's having a pretty good year, but but what have you seen out of him that's bringing him success? Uh, we love him. We love him here. Uh, his The style that he plays is terrifying. <laughs> you, you never really know if he's going to make the save or if he's going to break his hip, but it ha- he makes it work. He makes it work. And it, they, had, they had that 10-game losing streak December. I think it was November into December, and it was everything was going wrong. But the only thing that wasn't going wrong was the goaltending. It was the, the forwards just couldn't score a goal to save their lives. Um, once they figured that out, come December, January, now we're back in a playoff spot because Brian Elliott has been incredible um, in, in a way that I was not expecting. I was expecting him to be average goalie, some guy that'll just get us through the next couple of years until Carter Hart comes up. But he's he's really like, I could not imagine where this team would be without him this year. Um, Brian Elliott. Dave Haxtall, who's our, our coach, likes to ride goalies. So Brian Elliott has started probably 80% of the game so far. He just missed, um, I think it was just about two weeks with an injury, and they did not win one game while he was gone. During That's, the, uh, during that that, that was, definitely brings back memories for us. I was going to say during Elliot's time here, I, I mean, I I was like Jeff said, I was in the Elliot camp. I was a big fan of Elliot, uh, mainly because he won. He won games, and his I don't know if you uh, were of this stat when uh, his entire time here with the Blues was it four four plus five five years four years. Um, he five years, I yeah believe. over that entire bulk of work for the Blues, he had the best goals against average in the NHL and the best save percentage in the NHL. Yeah, he didn't. didn't He didn't have sixty starts a season because he split time with Jake Allen, um, but and and uh, Halak. But uh, that I mean, he he started you know thirty games a season ish, forty games a season, and uh, those were his numbers. And uh, he really, I mean, I think a lot of fans appreciated him here in St. Louis. But I think uh, uh, there was a large contingent that uh, would never give him the credit that he really deserved because he didn't start sixty games a season. So. Steph, you want to hear some stats about Brian Elliott? Uh, here is uh, he was he's number five all time in Blues wins with 104. Uh, he is uh, and that's sad. 104 wins and it's fifth all time for the Blues. Yeah, that's because the Blues just have a carousel of goalies. Uh, he's <laughs> number. <fire. laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah they we're, do. we're birds of a feather there. Yep. Uh, save percentage number one on the team uh, all time 0.925. Goals against average, 2.01, first on the team. Also first on the team in shutouts with 25 all-time numbers. So, yeah, he uh, – he for the people who used to give him a lot of trouble here, for me it was shocking because he all he did was put up good numbers and get wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's – we just talked about Braden Shad. I mean, he was the consistent 50-point-a-season player, and people just like to dump all over him, which doesn't make sense, so – I'm very, very happy to have Brian Elliott. Um, and I, I think that 
he he has put Michael Neuvert out of a job. Uh, so kind of speaking about the Flyers, I'll let you brag on your team a little bit because they currently are in a playoff spot. Uh, it seemed like uh, Jakob Voracek and Claude Giroux were uh, they, they're very, I don't know if we want to say streaky, but they've definitely had their long stretches of slumps, but this year they've really played well, both leading the team in points. Um, what are they doing differently this year that maybe they weren't doing before that, that caused those slumps? So they're on different lines now. Um, so we have Sean Couturier was promoted in the off season over the summer to our number one center and Claude Giroux got bumped to wing, which has turned out to be the only good coaching decision that Dave Haxtall has made, you know, probably ever. Um, it's, it's rejuvenated Claude Giroux's career where prior to this year, there was a lot of talk about decline um, and how he'll never be the player that he was when Peter Laviolette said that he was a better player than Sidney Crosby or whatever the quote actually was. Um this is this has completely rejuvenated his career, taking away the center responsibilities, moving him to wing with somebody else who is defensively responsible. And now Sean Couturier apparently knows how to score. He's already beaten his career high points so far, like just this far into the season. Um, now Jake Voracek has bounced around a little bit with line mates. For a little while, he was with Couturier and Giroux. Uh, recently he's been playing with Nolan Patrick and Wayne Simmons. He's been playing they, both Jake and Wayne are playing in their off wings, which is less than ideal. Um, but it's, it's, it's working um, as Nolan Patrick is becoming the two C and, and being the number two overall pick that we were hoping to see. He had a hit a rough start to the season, but it, it, he's starting to emerge as the guy that we need him to be. Um, Jake is turning it around. He hasn't necessarily had the goals to back up the production, but the assists are there. He's always been a pass first player. So has Giroux and, and they're just, they're finding guys that are finishing for them. So, um, hot take time. Are the, Fly are the Flyers making the playoffs? No, I really don't think that they are. It's, I, it's I, a pretty tight race. It's, it's insane. The Metro is insane. Uh, I just don't see, you know, they're, they're playing well, but I just don't think that they're good enough to make it. I think that the, the Rangers, I, who's, who's in the in playoff position right now? I should know this. In the Metro, it's uh, the Capitals, the Penguins, and then the Devils. Yeah. Um, the Rangers will bounce back. I think the Blue Jackets will bounce back as well. The Devils might fall off. They're having a lot of problems. Um, but the Capitals um, and obviously the Penguins, they're powerhouses. So it, it's going to take it's going to take a lot at a sustained pace for the Flyers to make it. And I just don't think that they have it this year. Um, well, I just want to point out before we let you go, uh, Yori Laterra, 35 games, three assists. That's it. Oh, my God. And Bray you miss some Blues fans? Well, Bray oh, my God. Braden Shen's numbers, uh, 55 games played, 21 goals, 30 assists. So, but, well, so but point a game. But there's the two first-round draft picks, so that's – Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I would say honestly that that those two draft picks could turn out to be fantastic. But Kurt and I speaking, getting Latera's contract and getting him off because I told you in a in a message, this team insisted on rolling him out on the first line, mm-hmm. no matter what, every game, even though. He was probably worthy, what I'm saying probably for, he was a healthy scratch. He really should have been. Mm-hmm. So getting him off this team for the, that reason, yeah. I would give up five first-round picks. You, like, you... I've got I've got so <laughs> many questions about what he did in St. Louis that earned that, like, he, did he play Did he play on the power play there? His like, first, five, he did. Oh, my God. His, his first season here, he was productive the first half of the season. And then he had an injury, and he has, and then... Uh, what a, a, f- a month later he was given extension and he was terrible. He was awful. Yeah, the the yeah the problem was that they saw his chemistry because him and Tarasenko played together in the uh, KHL, and or was it was that the KHL yep. Kurt? Yeah, Is that right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh was that when he played on the line with uh, Kovalchuk as well? That I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, they they had chemistry in the KHL. He was a Blues draft pick. They brought him over. And again, like Kurt said, he had a great start to the year. Um, and then, you know, kind of trailed off, but still had a decent year. Uh, GM Doug Armstrong just kind of jumped the gun, signed him to a huge extension. And every single, every fan I talked to said, it's a little too soon. Because he had one con- one year left on his uh, entry-level contract. <laughs> I guess it wasn't an entry-level. But, but yeah, so he just jumped the gun on it. And we were saying for years... There's no way they get rid of him. They're not going to be able to get rid of that contract. I would have. I would have given him. I would have. I've said on the show before that I would. You said uh, wave him and see what happens. Yeah. I said. Yeah, I would. I would. I would gladly get rid of him for a fourth round draft pick and just be be done with him. Just to. to yeah. I, <laughs> I actually said that. I I said because that was when the Blues had a severe uh, slump after the Winter Classic. I said you want to send a message to this team. Wave your number one center. Get rid of him. Hope somebody takes him or send him to the AHL. Uh, yeah, I would never would have dreamed they could trade that contract. I didn't even like. I should have. I should have realized. I didn't know that they were playing him at center. He's playing at wing for us. Yeah, he played center here. And oh boy, it was painful. It was really painful. Yeah, like I'm. 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 I'm going to convulse for you because that. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. I'm about to send you some game tape. <laughs> oh god i don't need nightmares tonight guys oh no. wow that how i just oh but he did that pop chips commercial and that's delightful <laughs> <laughs> yes kurt you've seen that right what's that sorry i was reading the, the twitter pop, the, the pop chips commercial for latera yeah uh i want to say i have well, look it up look it, it up if you have it it's fantastic i i spoke with um <laughs> Uh, I believe it was St. Louis game time. And I asked, I said, what is one redeeming characteristic? Just one, just one, one thing about your Latera that I cannot hate. And they said, well, he did a pop chips commercial. <laughs> yep. That's about it. No. And to be honest, I was in the media for a while and I interviewed him multiple times. Super nice guy. Everybody in the locker room loved him. So he's a great locker room presence, but that's what you say about crappy players. Yep. Sure is. <laughs> Sure is. Maybe he'll make a good coach one day. Bob, one Bob, day. Bob Rakowski tweeted us and said that uh, I'd argue Schwartz, if anything, helps out Shen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. For, so. for MVP. Yeah, Schwartz is uh, definitely a good pick too. 
Um, helps out, helps out Trent on, on that line. From, That's what he's saying. Oh, and also you should know about the hashtag that everybody had for Latera when he was here. Uh, Bill Day, our other host, just messaged us. Latera, a.k.a. hashtag Tarasenko Scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's exactly what it was. It was fantastic. Oh, lovely. I believe that, I believe that was coined by Art Lippo, was it not, Kurt? Uh, it might have been. Hey, yeah. uh, there was was there a rumor going around that uh, Latera is being shopped? Do you know? Or like uh, uh, in December, I think it was. I saw something online about some rumors about him being shopped or offered or available. Not officially that I've heard. It wouldn't shock me. I, I think that he's probably, if, if we end the season with him on the books, he'll probably get bought out. I don't, I don't think that they're going to waive him. I don't think that they're going to be able to trade him. Uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if they want to, but I don't, I don't think that, I don't know, like you guys, I don't know who would take him at this point, especially watching the season that he's having up here. I I can't imagine that there would be any buyers. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's, he's a little more in the spotlight, I think in Philadelphia. So I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to move him again. The the buying out of contracts, things that uh, big metropolitan cities do. We don't we don't do that here. No, oh, <laughs> we, yeah, we we do that sometimes. It, it depends, but I think I think that he's that. going to get RJ Umbergered. I think that that's the uh, the the line that we're taking, where they're going to do him the courtesy of buying out his contract, so he can try and find another team to play for with a lesser contract, because you know this this one is not going to find any buyers, but. Um, that's my hope anyway, or they'll wave him and put him in the AHL or all of my nightmares will actually come true. And he'll be playing 14 minutes a night in all situations again <laughs> oh, for the rest of all time. Geez. Top line with Claude Giroux. Jeez. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Reading that Tarasenko magic. You can have the Giroux scholarship as his hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Steph, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, you want to tell our listeners how they can find you and Broad Street Hockey. Yeah, so broadstreethockey.com. You can listen to Broad Street Hockey Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, on Google Play, you know, all of the things. Um, Broad Street Hockey at Broad Street Hockey. I think it's Broad ST Hockey. I'm Stephalicious D on Twitter. You can find me. My tweets are going to be full of Eagles Parade. Oh, yeah. tomorrow congratulations, congratulations. That, by the way. yeah congrats. thank you thank you i i have i have i'm drinking water right now because i've been drunk for three days <laughs> we we in st louis <laughs> the vast majority of st louis was, was rooting for the eagles i believe because uh well well everyone hates the patriots so that's everyone yeah it was it was pretty easy to root for the good guys this time um yeah the, I, i've just i've been my voice is scratchy because I've just been cheering nonstop. I rewatched the Super Bowl today because I can't, I can't control myself. <laughs> I think I did that when the Rams won in 2000. But we haven't, uh, St. Louis, we haven't had a professional football team in over 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I see true. what you did there. Yeah, that's, that's a bad humor there. Uh, well, Steph, <laughs> thank you again. We appreciate you coming on. And, and uh, I again, you're a great follow. And I really hope that some of our listeners – even just just to see the Latera retweets and Latera hate, uh, definitely give her a follow because it's it's a lot of fun. Thank you guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, let's see. We uh, 
we where we live off um today in blue's history right yeah yes so uh that was good that was fun no it was today in blue's history one year from today we'll be talking about we had a great interview <laughs> on this show complaining about yori latera it's always fun to complain about yori latera mm-hmm. because it's like in the past it's like how oh, we no longer have to it's like a reminder we no longer have to deal with latera there were shows where I mean, I don't know if I ever said it to you, but we would get ready to go on air, and I'd think, I don't want to talk about Laterra tonight. Like, that's how upset I was. I don't even want to talk about him. It was now, only- I want to talk about him every damn week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STO Blues History Twitter account. Please give that account a follow. It's fantastic. Uh, February 7th, 1992. And this one, this is one of the more memorable moments for me in blues history because uh this is my favorite player of all time so uh 1992 adam oates was traded to the boston bruins by the st louis blues for craig janney and stefan quintal uh and and i was uh, you'd think with me being a, a huge oates fan that i would be like a defender of him but i hated him for this i'm so i'm so conflicted because he this is a deal where he wanted to rework his contract again he had, he had he was under contract, just signed it in June of that year, and wanted to rework his contract for I think the second time uh, since he had signed it because the Blues had signed other players, and he wasn't happy. Oh, he's now the fifth uh, most expensive paid player on the team, so he wants he wants more money. I'm like, you know what? No, dude, you sign the contract, you play out the contract. You don't. That isn't even allowed anymore, is it? To rework contracts? That, oh no 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 yeah that that was done away with yeah. I think even before I think it was the ninety four ninety five lockout they did away with that. No, this was this this sucked and uh, he was I don't know what he, what he thought he was entitled to, but uh, I mean you sign a contract you play it out that's this and then to be traded over it and we got I mean you know Janney was a was a good player, um, Cantal yeah, but uh, you know but Janney's no was no oats. But, but to be honest, that trade at the time, now I was only seven years old, but but reading up on what uh, Boston thought of Quintal and his time, yeah. I believe, in Montreal before that, he was supposed to be a, a, an elite defensive defenseman. Kind of like Brewer. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> and God, oh, I, you know, all right, I'm going to try to keep the tangent short. I know I mention this almost every week. I've been watching old Blues games, putting them on DVD. I watched the uh, the the Team Canada 2002 Olympics. Eric Brewer was fantastic. He scored. I don't know if it was a shootout or a breakaway goal. That was just like, where did that come from? Is that is that somebody else wearing that jersey? <laughs> There's no way that's Eric Brewer. You know that, uh, that, that happens a lot. Uh, Dan Quinn was good before he came here. It just, I, you know, the, the, I, some some players have a great year or two. Latera was pretty good his first half, first season here. Guys fall apart pretty quick, actually. Sometimes it just sucks. yeah, and, and that was definitely the case um, with Brewer and Kintal. Really, I mean, he didn't have a he didn't have a very good tenure here, and no. almost to the point where you mention his name and Blues fans start laughing. Oh <laughs> yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, the big the big oof, the big the big doofus yeah. doofus on ice. Um. But yeah, so I mean, Jenny was a great player. Um, I'm sure Shanahan's glad Jenny came here. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure he's married. Shanahan's to his, wife is. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Jenny's wife was glad they were too. Yeah, yeah Shanahan had uh, married Jenny's wife, so if uh, Jenny hadn't been traded here, they may not have hooked up, and uh, you know, whatever. 
Poor Let's... Craig Jenny. He's listening right now going, oh, why do they always have to bring that up? You know what? I, I had heard uh, from uh, you know a, a guy who knew somebody, knew somebody that uh, uh, Jenny was kind of abusive and was an asshole uh, to his wife. So uh, I'm pretty sure Shanahan kind of was probably the, uh, uh, I don't know. It wasn't a thing where Shanahan stole his wife. It was a thing where Jenny's wife was probably like, oh, please get me out of here. Uh, Mr. Blues Hat just tweeted me and says, "Hey, Jay Potter 94, you need to take some deep breaths." <laughs> Probably talking about my Brewer rant. Yeah. Oh, I, I will let you rant about Brewer all night long because I, I, I'm right with you. I've actually I have on my, um, I, I, I ranted at work about Brewer all the time, and so uh, well, my coworkers, they had like a small mini pylon, like a like a you know like a traffic cone, like a, oh, about six inches tall, and they taped Brewer's jersey to it. And so it's Brewer the Pylon on my desk. Still, it's still up there. That's funny. Um, yeah, I. Uh, you know what's funny is I was saying earlier that I love talking about former Blue Yori Laterra. I still get angry when I talk about Eric Brewer. Yeah, me too. I can't not get angry about that guy. Me too. Because, well, because uh, we lost Pronger because of him. That's definitely a big not part be, of it. Not yes. because of him, but because of it was more, you know, uh, wanting to sell the team and don't want big contracts, which is stupid. Um, Side we, note: I, uh, I, I a lot of times because of some of the, the connections I had in the media, um, I was uh, one of the people that came up on LinkedIn said uh, uh, Doug Lynch was one of the people I should connect with. And I thought, wow. I really want to message him and be like, remember when you were traded to the Blues and you were supposed to be the key piece? Because that was what uh, uh, Plo said, that the that Brewer helps the team now. But boy, but boy, uh, boy Witka and Lynch are going to be helping this team for years to come. Yeah. And wow, Jeff Wojtka, I will go on record as saying this, one of the worst Blues of all time. He sucked. It did absolutely nothing for this team. When they were the worst team in the NHL, keep in mind. So he was he was the worst player on a team of nothing. And then Doug Lynch never even played an NHL game. Maybe don't hate on uh, Lynch. Maybe hate no. on maybe hate on no. Uh, Plo. No, I don't even hate on Witka now. It's just Eric Brewer. Hmm. Uh, 1968, February 7th, 1968, Bob Plager became the first St. Louis Blues player to receive a game misconduct penalty on an overturn, overturned goal in a 6-4 loss to the Boston Bruins. Is that three weeks in a row we mentioned the Boston Bruins? <laughs> I think so. And we lost to them uh, just through the night. So that, you know, it's, I'm kind of sick of Boston right now. And yeah. growing up, I was actually a Boston Bruins fan. I, I liked them. I, I've got a Bobby Orr jersey. I, I loved Cam Neely. Cam Neely was awesome. And uh, that was why. Oh, I, I loved them because of. That was, I, I, I liked them because of him. Um, and then Oates went there. And I was like, oh, I, that's I mean, that's my second favorite team. So I'm like, uh, distant second. It's not like, you know, close. But, uh, you know, and you've seen my Boston 12 jersey. That's Oats. Oh, yeah. A tribute to Oats, so, which I wear in tournaments. Um, so anyway, that is uh, this week, tonight in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Thank you, sir. Um, was our guest notes okay? Uh, since our last show, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Do we? I, we don't need to go into depth. No, with the Bruins game. No, I, one I play we need to talk play, about. Yeah, I've got some stuff here, but I want to talk about it. Um, 
uh, aside from, you know, Allen played well, Rask played great. Um, Allen played very well. Um, but yeah, the, the goaltender interference call, which has been talked about to death and was just talked about on, uh, uh Kim Wex was it this week in hockey, wherever it's called, um, on Monday night or Tuesday, whatever it is. Uh, so I think it's, it's fine to still talk about it and we haven't talked about it since. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> Kurt, go ahead. What, what, I mean, bring it up okay. and we'll just All go. Right. So it's the first goal of the game. Uh, seven twenty-eight left in the first, uh, Edmondson turns the puck over, uh, and then seconds later, can't clear the puck in a scramble in the crease. Creechy scores, uh, which is how the Bruins announcers pretty much called it. I listened to the replay online. Uh, they made, it was so, so you know biased. I, I get it. Blues announcers do it too, but still. Um, so here's the deal. Um, <laughs> DeBrusque for the Bruins knocks skates with uh, which defenseman was it? I forgot. And he falls, slides into Allen. Um, Spooner. Skates into the crease completely on his own and backs right into Allen. Both players hit Allen about the same time. Allen had slid over to make the save. And so he pushed off from his right to his left and he's sliding to a stop. And he was going to stop with his body still completely in the crease. Um, Any objective fan will tell you that. And so then both players slam into him just before he stops and push him feet out of the crease. And the puck gets batted around. Petrangelo tries to clear it. Can't. Edmondson tries to clear it. Can't. Um, and Creechy ends up uh, knocking on the backhand. Uh, and it counts. They count it. And they go to replay it. Blues challenge it uh, for review. And thinking, okay, well, I didn't notice it at first on the initial play. But um, on the replay, I thought, oh, well, it's two players crashed into Allen, pushed him out. He has no chance to even try to make the save. That's interference. It's textbook. Uh, and then they then they allowed the goal, citing that they allowed the goal because Allen wouldn't have been able to make the save even if he hadn't been interfered with. He was too far out of position, um, which is ridiculous. I think I, I tweeted out something that uh, showed where Allen was when he was made contact with, and you know impo- superimposed him on the image where they scored, and he was he, he was there. I mean he could have. If he had picked up the puck, he could have made an attempt to the save, uh, the puck, uh, making a save. Be that as it will, as it may, this is complete. And I think every every fan in the world agrees with this, except for a few handful of Boston Bruins fans that just you know have blinders on. Um, it's bullshit. Allen was completely inside the crease when the Bruins players pushed him out. You know, had he located the puck and within range to make the save. I don't, I, I, I'm still, I don't, this came on the heels of Bettman uh, telling the referees, the officials to not overthink goaltender interference. You heard that, Jeff? Oh yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I mean, that, that was the whole thing was that at all-star weekend, they even said on the telecast, Gary Bettman met with the officials and told them, Hey guys, you're overthinking goalie interference. Let's simplify it. Let's just. If it's goal interference, if you see it, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I think it's the the, uh, um, the Senate couldn't define pornography. They said, we can't define it, but we know when we see it, we know what it is. Yeah, right. And yeah. that's that's kind of what Bettman told them. But then you get, and we don't need to go on the other one, but you get this play, and in the same night, you got James Neal slashing Connor Hellebuck in the head, and that's not goalie interference. It, it, it makes no sense. It's, it's, it's literally like what we used to say about 
um, uh, 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 Coley the Clown, Colin Campbell, he was just throwing suspend, throwing a dart at the board. It, uh, you get five, five games, no games, ten games. I feel like that's what the referees are doing right now. It doesn't make any sense in that place in particular. I think it was Doug Armstrong that said, because, uh, you know, the reasoning they gave was Jake Allen would not have been able to make that save. Well, no shit, Sherlock. He was pushed out of the damn crease. How do you expect him to be able to get back in there and make that save? Uh, he called, I think Doug Armstrong called him clairvoyant. Oh, I didn't realize the referees were clairvoyant. I'm you, with you, Doug. You can't. That's, yeah. that's the second time in your tenure with the Blues that I've been with you. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You, uh, the officials have no. Uh, first off, in the rule book, nowhere, nowhere does it say when pertaining to goaltender interference. Does it say that the goaltender uh, has to be able to have oh may, been able to make the save had he not been interfered with? Uh, that's not that is that's that's not said anywhere. That's something that the officials made up on the spot, um, in a sense, doing the opposite of what Bettman just said to do. Bettman said, "Don't overthink it." So what do they do? They really overthink it and try and manufacture a scenario. Um, an idea that, oh, well, Allen couldn't have made the save anyway, so uh, we're going to ignore the interference that happened. I think they pretty much admitted interference happened, but they said, well, because Allen couldn't make the save, the interference doesn't apply. Now, I get it if Allen is 10 feet out of the net, you know, behind the goal, whatever, and he's bumped and the goal is scored, and there's no way he could have gotten back in the net because he went behind the net on his own or what fell down, whatever. Uh, but he was in the crease. His entire body was in the damn crease. I don't care. I don't care if he's looking the wrong direction. You're in the crease. Uh, you, you get you get pushed out of the way where you where if you do, and he's turned. He was he was pushed and turned. So if he doesn't get pushed and turned, he's looking more straightforward. Maybe he turns his head and sees the puck and sticks a stick out, and makes a save. You have no idea. You cannot, you, as a referee and official, you cannot say that Allen could not have picked up the puck at the last second and put a stick out and made the save. You see goalies make fantastic saves all the time. Like, oh my God, he pulled that out of his ass. There's no way I thought he was going to get there, and he did. Jake Allen's rookie season. Oh my God. Where he, where he threw a stick out against uh, Calgary yeah. and made that ridiculous save. You, you never know. I think it was uh, somebody in the media even tweeted out Gary or the, the NHL says that you know that he wouldn't have been able to make that save. I guess they didn't see these highlight reel right. saves. There was a bunch of images right. of like Henrik Lundqvist and Tuukka Rask diving across the crease making ridiculous saves. It happens all the time. That's their job is to stop the puck. And 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 to to kind of get back to the play itself, I don't. What I don't get is okay. You know what? I'm will. If if it would have just been was it DeBrusque that was sliding along the De, ice? DeBrusque was sliding right. If it was just DeBrusque sliding along the ice and they said no goal interference, I would have not liked the call, but I would have been like, eh, I guess you could go either way on that. Because a Blues player did kind of slide with them and, and not – You know what? But nah, the I, one that let, gets let, let me, me was let, Ryan Spooner. Yeah, well, he's yeah, and he skated on his own. But the thing Spooner with DeBrusque – just tied his legs up. But DeBrusque, DeBrusque, though, he wasn't pushed or checked in. He knocked skates with a, with a defenseman. He, he didn't uh, – the Blues defenseman didn't even didn't direct him into the goal. It was They hit skates, and he fell, and he slid into the net. So I, that's not even – I don't even think that. I, I think both are – I mean, not well, obviously, Spooner skates in on his own um, and made – no. how many times have you heard this phrase? No attempt to avoid contact. Spooner did – 
made absolutely no attempt to avoid contact. And I get that the puck's in the crease, you're allowed to go in and get it. But you, and I heard, I heard somebody say on uh, NBCSN today talking about that goal, uh, the, the goal to interference, non-call, that uh, someone said, well, you know, once that puck's in the crease, it's fair, it's fair game. The hell it is. You can't bowl over the goalie if, if the puck's in the crease. That's still, you still can't go to interfere when the puck's in the crease. You still can't do that. It just pisses I, me. I think I think I told you when when you messaged us, uh, messaged Bill and I about that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even watch the NBC Sports coverage because they they don't break down the plays. All they say is, "Oh, watch this goal. Oh, that's a nice goal there, isn't it, Keith? Yeah, Jeremy, it is. Next goal. It's just they're a joke. I don't even listen to them. But I mean, so many people, even people that that are not related to the Blues or the Bruins. We're saying, how? How is this possible? And I know that we're, again, the, the James Neal play happens in the same night. There was another play, I want to say it involved the Blackhawks, but I could be incorrect, the next night. Those were like, okay, bad, but maybe, but but the ones, uh, the, well, not including the James Neal one. James Neal one, slashing a goalie in the head. I don't care if he's swinging for the puck or not. That's goalie interference in the Bruins game clear goalie i mean i feel like the nhl puts out videos to the players every year uh defining what a slash is defining what interference is that is one i feel like you could take that exact play and say this is goalie interference but for some reason it was called a goal it i I think now listen i think go ahead sorry i was gonna say i'm just gonna say that the blues need to score some damn goals so it's easy to blame the officials for that game and you and i agreed if there's ever a game to blame the officials it was that game because there was a call late in that game too i don't remember who was on that was atrocious tarasenko tarasenko yeah it was the hook that wasn't a hook there was a complete dive yeah awful call by the goal yeah and so yeah i mean if you want to blame the officials for that game i'm okay with that but at the same time this team needs to score some damn goals, but still, the NHL can't allow that Here, kind of stuff to here's go the deal on too. and not have it be punished. A lot of people were complaining about, and I, 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 I wished. I'm not saying that this is justified in what the officials did, but uh, I wished Allen on that play would have pitched a fit or been upset or said something to referee or pointed or something i couldn't you know I, what's the throw his hands up something uh to show his disgust now that should have no bearing whatsoever on the interference call but it would have been nice to have seen uh some passion and disgust from him on it because uh the first thing the boston bruin announcers said uh because on angel.com the replay of that goal is the bruins announcers um one of the first things they said was well Hutton didn't uh, didn't say a thing, so that's a good sign, meaning that he didn't think that he was interfered with. Might have lost you there, Kurt. Well, looks like it's uh, it's just me. Hopefully, we're still live. Yeah, my my thing with with Jake Allen. Oh, I'm gonna try to get Kurt back here. Uh, my thing with with Jake Allen on that. I read it as uh, something that I've done when I play hockey is um, I'll get okay. Just recently, I had. Uh, three turnovers on one shift, which is not good. Um, and I ended up uh, getting tripped at the end of the shift. No call on the play. 
Now, if that would have happened at the beginning of the shift, I would have thrown my arms up, screaming at the ref, expecting a call. Uh, that didn't happen. Um, so uh, the reason is, because it was the end of my shift and I just had three turnovers, I put my head down and I just said, yeah, that's, uh, that's just what's happening to me right now. And I feel like that's the mindset of Jake Allen right now. Jake Allen is just, he, he's got such little confidence in himself and he's believing in himself so little that, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it, but I, I see this as a as potential that he just doesn't, he's not, his head's still not there. Hey, we got Kurt back. Yeah, I don't know what, the, you know, the internet just uh, cut out. I guess it happens. Um, no, I was, I was done. I was just, uh, uh, I, and I think that he should have uh, pitched a fit. That's, that's my thing. I, it would have been nice to have seen that, um, you know, as, 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 uh, impressionable as the officials can be sometimes, uh, maybe it makes a difference. It shouldn't, it shouldn't make a difference, but you know, I, I would have, I mean, I'm, I, I would have, I would have thrown my hands up and said, Hey, I'm, I was interfered with. And after the game, even when, they, when Panger and Kelly were talking to him about, uh, about the play. He didn't seem overly upset about it or anything. I'm like, yeah, don't you, don't you care? I mean, I know he cares, but I, I know some fans just want to act like you care. I, I just, I don't know. I, some, I, I like passion in players. I like, I like that kind of thing. And, and when I see players that seem apathetic on the ice, um, when I know they're probably not, but just I just don't see that emotion. It, it bugs me, especially on a play like that when we're so pissed off about it at home and the fans are booing. Or well, it's in Boston; they're they're not booing, but the fans at home are booing for the uh, and, and it's just I shouldn't be more upset than Allen seemed to be. That's what I'm getting at. Um. So uh, yeah, that was uh. We're we're gonna go ahead and stop talking about uh about that because it's just gonna keep setting, upsetting us. Uh. But the next game. Speaking of the lack of goal scoring, the Blues played one of the worst teams in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres, who uh, currently in the standings sit uh, last in the Eastern Conference with 38 points. They have 14 wins on the season, which is just atrocious. Yet the Blues, now given, now given Robin Lehner had a good game, but the Blues win this one one to nothing uh, behind a Carter Hutton shutout. Um, and he was fantastic in this game. Um, but, and, and I, I mentioned Robin Lehner, great game. And I said this on a show recently. I don't remember what, what game we were talking about early in the year. Uh, Michael Neuver, uh, probably could have brought this up with Steph earlier. Uh, Michael Neuver had a good shutout against the blues. And I remember even saying in that game, the blues are starting to already run out of the excuse of we ran into a hot goalie. And then I mentioned it again uh, a couple weeks ago. Now, your time is up, Blues. Not to quote uh, the trendy thing right now, but your time's up. No more hot goalie. You ran into a hot goalie. Maybe it's that you have a cold offense. They and, and Kurt and I were mentioning this. We're talking about this earlier off the air. Um, maybe it's that you're not creative enough. Maybe it's that you're not doing the right things in the offensive zone. Maybe you need your power play to start clicking. And and I, and I hate to rant about a win, but when you're playing the Buffalo Sabres, you got to score some goals. I agree. And I haven't we done this uh, whole um, hot goalie thing 
every year, it seems like. I mean, th- this team has, uh, you know, we've had good offenses in the past, but it seems like um, almost, it seems like even if a, a team will trot out a goalie who is like a, a rookie or getting his first NHL start and the Blues have trouble scoring on the guy and, oh, they run to a hot goalie. It, it, it seems like it happens to this team uh, historically, uh, often. And maybe it happens to other teams about as much too. I don't know, but it just seems like it happens to uh, to us more than it should. I agree. Well, the uh, the one goal scorer of the game, of course, Carl Gunnarsson, <laughs> right. new new career high for a season, uh, scoring a, the game winning goal and the lone goal in the game. Um, really, just a, to me, it was just one of those run of the mill shots off the face off that rarely finds its way through especially with how uh arky it was <laughs> i mean it wasn't even a, it wasn't a, an alma kid a slapper that just blew past the glove of robin laner it was just traffic in front but that's what you got to do and that's how you're going to score goals get the puck to the net i think at that point that was the 30th goal of the year by the blues defense i mean they really have been the catalyst for so many wins for this team offensively yeah I agree, and and it was it was good to see um, Gunnarsson get a goal with his dad there with the with the dad's night the dad's trip, that was cool. Uh, happy to see that. So uh, Carter Hutton's skate save with uh, oh my just god a few ticks left on the clock. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I I when that pass came across, I'm like oh psh, tie game, and uh, granted he had a lot of net to shoot at, um, mm-hmm. but you know you're trying to get the shot off quick. Um, before the goal, can get over, and uh, Hutton got his skate blade on it. It was that's it was a fantastic. Uh, he got his pad over, and it, it he, and he got a piece of it just enough. And my God, uh, one nothing game saving save in the final seconds. Um, do you think? Do you think uh, the the what do they call it? The war room in Toronto. Right when uh, the pass came across and the guy shot it, you think they paused it and they said. Well, that's unsavable. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who knows? According to them, they, they can they are uh, able, they have the ability to determine what a goalie is and is not capable of inside the crease. Little Which, fact that most people don't know, Miss Cleo runs the war room in Toronto. Uh, she was the other night when the Blues were in Boston. Mm-hmm. And Miss Cleo is a fraud. So what does that say about uh, <laughs> what does that say about the war room in Boston or in uh, in uh, Toronto? That's true. That's true. Bunch of uh, real quick, let's get to a tweet that I got, which is a pretty good one from uh, from the famous, I think, Portuguese explorer Juan Ponce de Leon. Uh, he tweets us with, I guess he's talking about the beer I had. I had this brew on Saturday. It's delish. Also, I'm watching this broadcast awaiting your B-Day celebration for Dave Abisher and Alexander Daig, <laughs> hockey royalty. Wow. Uh, can't help but agree with you there, Juan. Um, <laughs> David Abisher, man, that guy That guy had about 27 unbelievable minutes in the NHL. <laughs> did you look that up or did you just guess? <laughs> oh, no, he, he played more than that. Did he say, start for Colorado for a little while? I was going to say, I was, yeah, I was like, what are you, is it, is it, am I thinking of a different David Ebbisher? Um, um, I got to look up where Ponce de Leon's from. Uh, I'm going to say he's from uh, Spain. 
what's the one that all the explorers are from? I remember my teacher always said, if you ever get asked where an explorer is from, Spain. you say he's from this country. Spain. Because it's nine times out of ten. Pretty sure it's Spain. He was Spanish. Yes. Oh, sorry. Spanish. That's what I meant. <laughs> In Mexico. He's from Mexico. He's from Mexico. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't he the one that, uh, what did he do? He, Fountain, uh, of youth. Fountain of Youth. Yeah, that, that's what he's, he's found a youth. the search yep. for the Fountain of Youth, which I'm assuming he never found it because Ma- Magellan sailed the, tr- the tip of Africa. Is that correct? Magellan, uh, I don't know, I guess. Um, I assume. You're listening to Conquistador Conversation here on uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. Conquistador Conversation. Yeah, that was off the fly there. I like that. All right, let's move on. Uh, Uh, We'll talk about the Wild Blues game for a little bit. I don't really want to talk too much because I don't want to yell into the microphone. I don't don't either, but I I did want to... This was interesting. This this game was interesting because, well, we, we scored the first goal not even a minute into the game. Uh, so we're thinking, great, fantastic, you know, uh, and then the wheels just, and it, it didn't work out for us the rest of the way. But so this game was interesting because we've got this goalie. Some people want to call it a controversy. I, I don't Hutton's a starter. That's the way it is, um, right now. But so you've got your Allen people and your Hutton people. And so, you know, your Allen folks are yelling and whining and crying that, that uh, Allen's not getting his starts. And when we need him, he's not going to be fresh and down the stretch and in the playoffs, we're going to need him. And when Hutton fails and he's not going to be good. So this was an interesting game because Hutton started and played the first period, gave up uh, a few goals <laughs> in the first. Didn't, uh, not his fault. Um, the, well, we can get into, I was going to break down these goals in detail, but um <laughs> Because I wanted to, just for to, to to poke the hornet's nest a little bit, to ask you, Jeff, whether you thought these goals were uh, the ones that were scoring Hutton were Hutton's fault or good goals or you know or you can blame Allen or whatever for for the goals scoring him. So the Blues' first goal, uh, the Wild's first goal, um, the one that shot went off the near post, rebound came off off Niedermeyer's face, then Bertuzzo tries to play goalie. Gets in Hutton's. Uh, this is this is my opinion of the play. Gets in Hutton's way uh, as as uh, as Bortuzzo goes down. Hutton can't get square to the shooter, and uh, Niederreiter takes a shot. Uh, goes in basically right where Hutton was trying to go, um, and uh, and the Wild uh, go up on that goal. So that that goal, Jeff, was uh, Hutton. Was that a bad goal to give up for Hutton? Was that a soft well, goal? Judging by the way that you just described it, I'm guessing you don't think that was Hutton's well, fault. Well, okay, now, okay, if that's a if that, if you if you thought it's a biased interpretation, let me know because that's how I saw it, um, and and I don't think it was Hutton's fault. I, I think that was a a it was I thought it was a good first shot, held the post, it happens, and then it was bad luck going off Niederreiter's face, and then Bartuzzo dropped down to play goal instead of defend Niederreiter. And when Hutton's turning, he, they kind of collide a little bit, and you know, Hutton's sideways when they score. But your interpretation of that goal? Um, well, I will. Oh, yes, I agree. It was not Hutton's fault, and that's because Kurt and I are Hutton supporters. <laughs> so any goal that Hutton gives up, we are going to say it wasn't Hutton's fault. Every goal Allen gives up was his fault. Uh, that's not true. That is not true. Making, that is not true. Making fun of making fun of some of you people who believe that. Oh my god. Um, yeah. And you maybe you don't even consciously realize you're doing it. But no, I will say that was not, I agree with you, that was not Hutton's fault. The only thing that I will say about Carter Hutton's play on that 
was what's what's with the, the pirouette i mean oh stay square and i get that you're just reacting like where'd the puck go i need to find it i need to find it but you gotta assume and maybe i'm wrong here and maybe at this point it's the defense's fault somebody's got to be yelling you know it's behind you it's in front of you to your left to your left i mean when i play hockey that's what i do and i know that these guys do it you can hear them on the rink doing it um but i will say not that i mean that's gonna happen goalies are gonna scramble and try to find the puck robert bertuzzo you're not a goalie buddy get out first of all get out of his damn crease your job is to push guys out of his crease so that way he has room to make the save and two yeah tie up a stick um put you're a big man you are a big man put all of your strength on that guy's stick to where he can't even lift it from the rink they're not going to call you on that if you have your stick crossed over his it's when you it's when you go under and lift up and you fly the stick up that's when you get a penalty so that was a, just a bad play and and we'll we can get into this How later many? if you want but that is a play that one play Robert Bertuzzo you have seven defensemen playing in that game I sit Robert Bertuzzo the rest of the damn game. How, how many times this season has Bertuzzo laid on a goalie, gotten in a goalie's way? Um, it's been a, it's been a few times where he has, has deliberately uh, been involved with allowing a goal because he got in the goalie's way. I know it happens from time to time because there's scrambles, there's defensemen flying over the place, that you, you clap with the goalie, you, but it seems like Bertuzzo is the guy that it's always happening to. I mean, they, not and always with Hutton too. Uh, he was laying on top of Hutton, 15 feet out of the crease, where Hutton couldn't get back in for that, that one play uh, early in the season. So, anyway, the wild second goal, another goofy kind of goal. And this, I disagree with. Um, uh, we had a little back and forth, uh, well, not back and forth, but I know uh, uh, Lance from the Drop Podcast tweeted out something about that goal, and I, 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 I disagree with the way that, that he saw it. I saw it differently. Um, uh, it was on a dump in. Hutton came out a bit from the goal to poke the puck away from the four-checker. And in the corner, he had to, he had to reach for it quite a bit, didn't get a ton on it. And uh, I'd actually like to see Hutton more aggressive on that play with uh, two hands on a stick and actually fire the puck over the boards. Um, but he didn't do that. Uh, he had, but, but you know, uh, um, let's see. Hutton, uh, the, the, the four checker, was it Winnick? Yeah, Winnick was in the, uh, the four checker. Goes Isn't in the corner. Felino? Uh, Felino scored the goal, didn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It was, uh, it was Winnick. Yeah, Winnick went to the corner and, and and just, he knew Hutton was out of the goal and was scrambling back. So he fires it to the goal. Hutton had just got back and tried to glove the puck. The problem is, is that Bowmeister was right on top of Hutton and Hutton goes to glove it and doesn't glove it cleanly. It kind of pops up out of his glove and Bowmeister decides to punch the puck like out of harm's way, I guess, because, but if he had just not done anything, I think Hutton, the glove, the puck hits Hutton's glove. It pops up in the air. I think Hutton just grabs it again because he's he's looking right at it. I think he just uh, pops up and grabs it again. Um, but Bowmeister punched the puck out of his uh, away out of Hutton's reach, and their gloves collide. The puck just drops down to the goal line basically, and Felino uh, just sweeps it in with his with one hand on his stick. So I was kind of pissed. Uh-huh. At, I was pissed at Bowmeister for this. Now, let me know if you disagree with that. As far as like uh, Bowman's just just getting out of the of Hutton's face. On that okay, play. so so on that play, I, w- I I'm going to start by defending Jay Bowmeister, but believe okay. me, it's not going to end that way. All right, go ahead. Um, I do think, and, and it, maybe it's just because I, I, that's my position. I play defense. When you see a puck loose anywhere in front of the crease, 
and it's in the air, especially to where you can't just stuff it under the goalie's pad, your reaction is just swipe at it and just knock it out of there if you can. So I actually don't blame Bo Meester for trying to swipe the puck away from the crease. The thing I blame on is the same thing I blame Bortuzzo on in the first goal. Play defense. If Yeah, you want to get the puck out of there. I see that. But if you just, again, have Felino tied up and he still crashes into the goalie, one, you got to hope the NHL calls that goalie interference. And two, he's not going to score if you've got him tied up. Again, Jay Bomeister, you're a big man. Just hunker down on your guy and don't let him get loose to knock in a loose puck. Maybe Hutton still drops the puck on the ground, but if you have your defense locked up and you've got your guy tied up to where he can't even push the puck towards the net, there's no problem. Hutton reacts, jumps on the puck, play over. But Jay Bomeister, again, I don't know what he's doing in front of his goalie, but cover your guy. Uh, ugh. The... Mm, I don't want to talk about it. I, I mentioned <laughs> this on Twitter, and I, of course I'm, I'm being facetious, so don't don't go to Jay Bomeister and tell him what I'm saying here, but I would old yeller him at that point. <laughs> I, 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 I'm he's with you. Done. I, I'm I, sorry. He's done. I get, that no, guy has I, nothing left I agree. in the NHL. I agree. And I think on that play, I, I, I get Bomeister's reaction to, to bat the puck away. I don't think it was the right one. I understand why he did it. I understand defense wanting to get the puck out of there. I get it. Um, but if you're going to get it out, you got to get it out. You can't. You can't fuck it up. So and he did. So I think I think it's an all or nothing play. If you try and glove the puck and you you glove it into the corner, great job, good. If you don't and you and it and it goes back into the goalie and it, or it's loose in the in the in the crease at your feet or you bet it towards the goal line like he did, um, then you screwed up. And that's it's an all or nothing play. It's a risky play. I think you have to pull it off. It's a, you know, you if you if you don't, then you're to blame. I think that's, I think that's the way I look at it. So, and the the, the third goal of the wild was a power play goal on Koivu. Uh, nice shot. Um, I don't know if it was. I mean, it was against the grain through a screen. I, I it would have been nice to have seen Hutton stop that, but I can't really say he should have. I don't know. What do you think? I'll say he should have. Okay. Um, but I will say that um, the backhand is the trickiest shot to read. Every goal I've ever spoken to has told me that. Um, so that's a t- and it's just it's a smart play by Koivu. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, I like agree. you said, it's through a screen, and you know he's cutting a one way. I mean, it, it's a tough read for Carter Hutton. But and 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 I will say, if this is a one nothing Blues lead and that goal scored, I'm probably not blaming Hutton too hard. But at this point, it's 2-1. You got – I mean, that's where you you need your goalie to step up and make that save. And and he didn't make it. And that's, again, why I, I was I was fine with the goalie pull at that point. Yeah. Not because Hutton played bad, but yeah. because you got to try and change something up because it's just not working. That's, yeah, that's what I said. I, I, I tweeted out uh, after the first period. I was like, Vegas odds on uh, Allen starting the second. So Allen came in in the second uh, period to start it, and uh, it – I think, you know, the, the I think this was a a rather telegraphed one time shot from Dumba. Uh, I thought this was uh, one of those the snuck through his pads. Um, I think that uh, was that the next goal was scored. No, it was Jason Zucker. That's the one right. where he played it off the boards. 
That's right. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, where Allen came out of the goal and tried to scramble back and lost his stick. That was an awful looking goal. Everything God, that, about that goal was sorry, everybody. That was, that was Jake Allen. That was I mean, so. I, listen, listen. Yeah. I will say too. Okay, I'm not going to completely blame Allen on that. I'm going to blame the defense for not hustling their asses off because Jason Zucker is one of the fastest players in the NHL. I get that. So he's going to burn a lot of guys. Get your damn feet moving. They were all gliding at the point when he got the puck off the boards. Jake Allen needs to either get that puck out or yeah. or, or or put it behind the net or something. That was a bad spot to put it. That was that was so I'll give him I'll give him blame on that. But when Jake Allen is trying he's, he's hustling back, he's trying to get back in his crease. Zucker's got the puck. Well, I need to see some damn feet moving. And that is why I wasn't happy with today still I, I again I know that, that it's a grueling schedule and there's rules in place for practice today would not have been an optional skate because of that goal alone I need to see my defense hustling they were not they left Allen to hang out and dry yes he dropped this stick yes he shouldn't have been beaten yes he shouldn't have played the puck there but he's not getting any support right now I think that was a shitty play all around I think that was a, a shitty clear by Allen I think it was a shitty coverage in our own zone to allow that pass to go deep into the corner and for allow uh, him to walk out in front like that, un- uncontested, and uh, and beat Allen. Uh, and, and a shitty play by Allen to uh, lose his stick inexplicably. He's like, what the hell? Um, and then... Uh, he, it was like he went for a poke check and then it like got stuck in a rut in the ice or something. And, and then it drops and then... Panger was pointing out that on on the broadcast that when you when a goalie loses a stick, his natural reaction is to drop down with a blocker, which makes sense, and it's exactly what happened. Uh, he drops his blocker down, and and he's out of the goal anyway. He's not set in the crease. He doesn't have his post, and uh, he's he's Zucker's got all kinds of angle to shoot at, and he just roofs it over in backhand. It's like oh my god, that that goal that goal in a nutshell for me is Allen's season, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just like it, nothing went right for him, and uh, it was a play that he looked bad on. So it just didn't didn't look good. And the uh, the next one that was allowed was the the one time uh, shot from Dumba goes to Allen's pads. I mean, Petrangelo may have screened him a little bit on that play, but I think that's a shot he's got to have. I think it's a kind of a soft one. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not. I, I, I think at this point I was just fed up and I was just pissed off, and maybe that's why that factored in my decision there. But. Um, the only thing I'll give, listen, and you're right. I think there's a little bit of a screen by Petrangelo there, but any goalie, any goalie in any level will tell you when you're sliding across like that, you have to keep your stick between your legs. And I think our resident goalie, Bill Day, would agree with that. You watch that play as he's cutting across his right arm with the, the, that's holding his stick is going farther than the rest of his body. So by the time the puck gets through, his stick is out at his side. Um, he needs to have that right at his five hole because when you're sliding, you're going to have a hole there. And it just, it clean beat him through the five hole. And you just, you got to do every precaution you can to make that save. But honestly, at that point, Blues aren't going to win that game. I'm not going to blame him too much because at that point, the goalies know this game's over because this team can't score any goddamn goals. And the sixth goal was just comical. It was a uh, a double deflection uh, shot, uh, one off Gunnarsson's, the side of Gunnarsson's shin. And then off the inside of Pareko's leg and past Allen, who had reacted to the initial shot. Um, another goofy wiggle against. Th- this, this, this game, five of the six wild goals, my opinion, were of the goofy, strange, odd variety. 
or stoppable or soft variety. Like there was not, I mean, they had one, I thought one goal that was a, that was a good goal in my opinion. And, uh, that was the, uh, the third one on Allen, which you said he should have had. So we disagree on that one, but I think it was, this game was full of soft, weird, strange goals to me. And it just kind of, and the blues were, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's why they lost because of just bad breaks, but they, they were outplayed in this game badly. Um, but when you get outplayed badly and you're not getting the bounces and the goofy shit's going in on you, uh, you lose six to two. That's what happens. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and voice this now as we're done with our, our talks at the games. Yep. Um, up until that game, I truly believed, and maybe I just held on for too long because I made the claim starting the year that the blues were going to win the central division. Everyone thought I was crazy. They got up to the start, but I was like, Oh wow. Maybe that guy was right. Uh, up until last night, I thought they're still going to pull this out. They're going to bring it together. Maybe Armstrong gets a guy at the deadline. Last night's game proved to me this team has nothing. They are there's too much, too many guys along for the ride. They're just not going to be able to pull this together. And even if they do, they're going to be out in the first or second round again. Um, I am I'm starting to not be a believer in this team. They they give up too easily. They got too many. They got two defensemen that I can tell you right now don't even belong in the NHL at this point. Uh, but they're playing every night, um, and that's not even including Carl Gunnarsson, who has had a pretty good year. And I'm I'm perfectly fine with that guy playing every night. I never would have thought I'd be saying that. And then you got guys on your third and fourth line, and on your second line, that aren't going to score any goals. This team, I'm not saying blow it up, but I'm saying if you can trade. Anybody with a huge contract not named Tarasenko or Petrangelo, do it. Get rid of these aging contracts. If you can get anything for Alexander Steen, um, the point I brought up with a friend tonight, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, that might be a team to be interested in, and and he's got a no-trade clause, so maybe he's interested in going there because that's where his dad played. Um, Maybe you work something out with them. Get rid of of Patrick Berglund if you can. You got young faces coming up. Um, it's time. It's time to get rid of these contracts that are just killing this team. You got rid of Latera last year. They're not going to get rid of Bomeister because I will tell you right now, if any team takes Jay Bomeister, even with some salary retained, that GM needs to be fired. Yeah. Because that guy is absolutely worthless. It's called Philadelphia. Worthless. Call Philly. They, yeah. They took, call up Ron Hextall. They took Latera. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm with you. I. Um. Uh, I mean. I. I try. I mean. I get emotional uh, during games and and uh, um, pissed off and upset uh, like anybody. But uh, I try not to um, talk about. Oh well, this team's not gonna make the playoffs uh, based on my reaction to this game, but it's kind of getting to the redundant um, where this game is kind of happening a lot more often than uh, it should. So um, I think uh, before the season started, I think I had the Blues uh, six or seven in the West, something like that, uh, uh, making the playoffs, but uh, not having it be a, 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 gun, a done, you know, a given. Um. But uh, I I think that's that's kind of where they're at right now. I think they're they're much they're a better team than they showed against the Wild. I know that, but uh, I I it just seems like they 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 have something missing that I don't even know if 
practice can put back in them, or it's uh, it's, it's almost like a a fire um, that killer instinct, that desire to just uh, haul ass and, and and give everything you got on the ice. I, I'm I'm not saying they're not trying; they are trying. It's I mean it's, but it's almost like that that extra gear isn't there um, for a lot of this team, and uh, that's uh, disappointing. I think Sh- uh, Schwartz um, is one of the few guys that um, seems to show up and uh, is actually noticeable on the ice as far as like creating chances and, and, uh, and actually scoring goals nowadays. So, um, well, him and uh, Gunnarsson. <laughs> yeah. But well, the truth is too, that, that if the first line isn't going, you're not winning the game. No. And, and that's, that is a major, major problem. And you mentioned the fire. That's something we talked about. If you listen to some old shows of ours, we talked about back in the Bacchus Oshi Peron days that it just seems like, this team's missing that fire, but it seemed like those stretches that they had would last maybe six, seven, eight games. This has been going on since Jaden Schwartz went out with the injury in, mm-hmm. in early December, and and it's it's not getting any better. I you see little flashes like I thought, I thought the Boston game, they played well, um, and again I'm not blaming the officials, but maybe if that first goal doesn't go in and they don't, it's not counted. Maybe they win that game, but I feel like after that goal went in, they got deflated. They they got in their own heads, and then again with Buffalo, you've got to score more than one goal on the fourteen win Buffalo Sabers. It's a, it's it's unbelievable that this team with the talent they have can't score goals. Something's not working, and and something's got to change. I'm not I'm not calling for Mike Yo's head yet. He's, he hasn't been here for but only a little over a year, but there needs to be a roster shakeup or something. Uh, like I said, I'm, I, at this point, I am perfectly fine with them throwing in the towel on this season and saying, Hey, we got Tarasenko for a couple more years. We got Pareko, Petrangelo. Um, let's get rid of these bad contracts. We got Tage Thompson who's coming into his own. Uh, Rob Thomas will be here soon. Jordan Cairo, you know, you still got a window. I'm fine with them trying to stock the cupboard a little bit this year and just letting it drop and and just sitting on the outside of the playoffs this year. They're not going to do it. I know Doug Armstrong's going to go out and get a player that this team doesn't need that isn't going to fill the needs that they actually have. But I mean it's 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 embarrassing and it's it's annoying to to watch this team every night and say, "Well, how are they going to lose it tonight? How how are they not going to score goals tonight?" Well, you know, I think um, it, I would love to see the problem with 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 uh, like getting rid of dumping players and maybe missing the playoffs is on the uh, on the other side. The play a lot of people don't really think about. I guess is that um, you want the franchise to make money to be able to spend to the cap you know, or to not lose a lot of money. So if you want this team to continue to spend to about the cap, which they're doing, we're fortunate that they, they do that because there have been Blues teams in the past that have not spent to the cap and it's suffered because of it. Um, but, you know, making the playoffs makes this franchise money. And if they can get to the second round, God willing, this year, um, that makes the franchise more money. And maybe they're able to offer... Tavares, that twelve million dollar contract that people want in the offseason. Um, I don't know. I, 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 th- I always think about that. I think about, well, gosh, I don't want the team to miss the playoffs 
and then have the the ownership, you know, not make, you know, an extra 10, 15 million, whatever it is. Um, and then have that, you know, oh, well, we can't spend to buy this guy in the offseason because we didn't make the extra money in the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure if that factors in or not, but, you know, it, it could. So uh, Bill actually tweeted us and said, uh, Allen is completely lost. Uh, repeat last year and give him a leave of absence and the mental rehab with Brodeur in the meantime. Why not Bennington? <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> why not Bennington? Which, why not Bennington? Which started off as a huge joke. <laughs> And now, eh, you know, maybe give him a shot. I, I, I'm actually okay with that right now. I'm waiting for Huso to say, "Hey guys, what about me over here?" Yeah, <laughs> Billy Huso's gonna write into the show and say, "Why not Huso?" <laughs> Huso, hey, you're skipping over the guy that's next in line. Uh, Bob Rakowski also tweeted us. He's uh, at Wowzy Wowzy, which is a great Twitter handle. Uh, he says, "Game recap: You can't fuck it up, but they did." Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure and by the way, if you want if you want to follow our friend Bill, uh, our usual co-host, he is at Billy Blue Note on Twitter. Yep. Um, so I, I there have been I, I I've had some conversations and know some talk going on online about um some Allen folks, uh, Allen fans, uh, really being overly critical of Hutton, and I just want to kind of to set the record straight on some things because they were saying that the only reason um, Hutton is – people are saying that Hutton – oh, Hutton could be the playoff goalie. Um, they're basing it on – well, you're only basing it on, uh, you know, you're only basing it on the last, like, four or five starts against uh, against subpar opponents. I mean, you know, if Fallon started those games, you know, he'd be – he'd uh, have won those games too, and he'd be – you know, you'd be all excited about him. Here's the deal. And, and they've said, well, Hutton hasn't started against anybody this year. Hold the phone. I, I actually, I got tired of hearing it um, from the people that aren't paying attention and I looked it up. So against the teams that are the in the top half of the league in scoring, so teams that can score some goals, um, these are not offensive, uh, uh, offensively inept teams. These are teams that can score goals. So um, a goaltender to fare well against these teams would bode well in his abilities on the ice, you would think. So we got 12 uh, of Hutton's 24 starts this season, 12, half of the starts have been against teams that are in the upper half of the NHL in scoring. His, he's allowed 18 goals, only 18 goals in those 12 games in which he played. Now granted, he only started 10 of those games. He came in two games in relief and played a portion of those games. So in those 12 games, 18 goals allowed, which works out to, uh, I factored in minutes played and everything. He has a 1.75 GAA in those games against teams in the top half of the league in scoring. Now, 1.75 GAA and a 9.45 save percentage and a record of 7, 2, and 1. Against and, teams and that can score goals. Two and shutouts in there, too. Two shutouts against teams that can score goals. So, uh, and we've needed those his play. He, Vegas, he allowed one goal, stopped 32 out of 33. Um, shout out da- uh, well Dallas he came in and only saw th- uh, Winnipeg yeah 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 one shout out Winnipeg Winnipeg 48 out of 48 saved um, shut him out I, I think that was was that not the high the Blues have given up in shots yeah the year? I think so Nashville stopped 26-27 got the win uh, in, a, in a one goal um, or maybe that wasn't a win either way stopped 26-27 uh, Colorado 38 out of 41 Rangers 32 out of 33 um, Washington uh, allowed four goals and we lost that game. Uh, Toronto, 36 out of 37. 
Um, Colorado, uh, or Toronto, 30-31. Colorado, 36-37. So he's he's played very well against teams that can score goals. So um, don't don't tell me he hasn't played anybody this year. Just because he played a couple games recently against teams that aren't very good, like Buffalo, and uh, did well against them, uh, that you can't discredit his body of work this season because he's played a lot of effing good teams this year, and he's played fantastic against them. Um, and I don't even want to know. I didn't look it up what Allen's numbers are against teams in the top half of the league in scoring. It's not even close to being as good as, as Hutton's. It can't be because, because his numbers overall are terrible are, are pretty bad actually this year. Uh, GAA and save percentage wise. So I just want to get that out there and say uh, those folks that are uh, all, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I hate Allen. I don't hate Allen. I, I want, I don't, I don't give a damn who's in goal. I want whoever's in goal to play well and for the team to win. That's what I want. I don't, I don't have a horse in this race. I don't, I don't care if it's Hutton or Allen. I want the better goalie to play, and I want uh, him to play well and the team to win. So these people that are like anti-Hutton for some reason and want, and want to shoehorn Allen into the net um, when, Allen is, when Allen isn't playing as well as Hutton is, and they throw out this stuff where, oh, Hutton hasn't played anybody. That's bullshit. He's played half his games of betting his teams in the top half of the league in scoring. So, and, and I ran the numbers off. He's fantastic against those teams. So I don't want to hear it. Well, all that I'll add here is I agree on every every sense. I know that we've kind of, in a way, and I know people would listen to this and say, oh, they're just bashing Allen. Nope. Uh, that's not what we're doing at all. No. Um, and I I want to point out, too, for me, and, and Kurt, I imagine you're going to agree, figure out how this team can score some goals, and then let's worry about what's going on with Jake Allen. I'm fine with them treating Hutton as the number one, but but even in a way, easing Allen in as a 1B and, and whatever – because you know what? Again, in that Boston game, he played great. He had a great game. And the team just couldn't score goals to help him out. So, again, I figure out your problems with scoring. And then if you want if they start putting up three, four goals uh, here and there every game, even two goals a game, then, then you can say, all right, let's look at the goaltending. How is this going out? If Jake Allen's still struggling at that point, ride Carter Hutton all the way through the playoffs. But I'm not, and I know you agree. We're not, we're not bashing no. Allen. We just want to win games. And in order to win games, you got to score goals. This team's not giving the goal support that they should. And right now, Carter Hutton is the better goalie. So you have to ride him until that's not the case. I agree completely. And I actually, when I tweeted out the, the information for the show on Twitter, I said, I tagged a couple of guys that were, um, the Allen fanboy variety. I don't mean that as an insult. I'm just trying to, you know, differentiate. <laughs> um, but so they, yeah, and maybe they're listening and maybe they would uh, join the show. I'll actually uh, uh, make the show available if anyone wants to join in and uh, talk to us here uh, in about uh, two seconds here. Let me see. Okay. It should be, uh, you should be able to join us uh, live on the air by refreshing the letsgoblues.com slash radio webpage. And uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to come on and, and argue about goaltending, I'd be happy to. Uh, we'd be happy to. Um, but like like Jeff said, we don't hate Allen. We don't. We're not pro um, Hutton. We don't. We're not like rooting against anybody. It's just I, that'd be stupid. So I I, I don't know uh, why anyone would ever think that. I, I want the better way to play. And like the Jeff said, Hutton's been better. You got to treat him as number one. 
Um, up next for the Blues, we oh trade rumors. Oh, yeah. Rick, Let's Rick talk Nash. About trade rumors. Rick Nash a little bit. Um, yeah. Of course. Has Rick Nash not been in? His name has been surrounded by St. Louis Blues for what four years yeah. now. He, it, it seems like every trade deadline. Here's the, and there, there, I you know I hate to bring NBC uh, Sports again, but I was I had it on before the the game of the the Wednesday night rivalry crap they had on, so I I uh, had it on while I was I was preparing the show for the show, and they were talking about the Nash rumors and um, and of course he scores the Rangers only goal tonight, but um, he they were saying about teams that would be interested in uh, Nash and and the St Louis was brought up and I'm like. I, I don't know about you, Jeff. We haven't talked about this, I don't think. Um, but I want no part of Nash. Their are asking price for Nash is insane. I get that you start want to start high and and negotiate down, but my God, for a guy that hasn't scored more than uh, hasn't scored, uh, he's been short of forty points past two years. He's on pace to not get forty points this year. For them to want a number one, uh, a top prospect, a first round draft pick. Um, and a body off the roster. That's that's crazy to me for a guy that's not going to get you 40 points. I mean, the, the, he's not an impact player anymore. And uh, the Blues, that's what the Blues need. They need an impact player, a guy that can that can spark this team. I don't think Nash is that guy. I, he's, no. he's, he's, I mean, he's years removed from, I mean, he had a 40-plus goal year a few years ago, but even that was a, an aberration because before that he was he was bad for a couple of years. So I, 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 I don't know where this is coming from. Some people, I, the, the the talking heads on TV, I guess they still think Nash is some kind of a superstar. He's not. Um, I, I don't get that whatsoever. I've, I've got a very good friend of mine. I believe he listens to the show. So hi, Eric. Uh, Eric uh, is from New York, big Rangers fan. He's watched every game this year. And, and he says Rick Nash has been the best player on the Rangers uh, this season. Okay. Having said that, the Rangers are currently sitting outside of the playoffs, uh, three points out, and uh, sitting multiple games behind some teams in terms of games in hand. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to rag on on Rick Nash. I think he's a he's a good player, and any team that gets him would be happy to have him. But yeah, I'm with you. The, the what they're asking, and yeah, like you 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 glanced on it. They're they're shooting high. I'm sure that when the Blues were shopping Shattenkirk, they were saying three first-round picks, a top prospect, and a top player in your roster now. You know, I'm sure that they know they're not getting that. But at the same time, I'm not even coming close to any of no. those things except the player off the roster. Yeah. Um, I'm if you if the Blues were to trade a first-round pick for Rick Nash and that was it. I wouldn't be happy with that trade. No, I'm, I'm, I'd be happier taking your chances with a first round pick and ending up with somebody late in the draft who turns out to be a, a top six or a top nine player. Um, top prospect. No, thank you. No. There's nobody that I would, I would want to give up currently in the blues system for Rick Nash. Now, if they want to take uh, Patrick Berglund, Jay Bomeister and like a fifth round pick. Okay. I'm cool with that. But They're, I think that if, if that offer is made to the Rangers, I think they they really believe they can get top dollar for him. So they're not even considering a trade like that at this point. The uh, Rangers have said that they're going to uh, they're willing to pick up half of his salary, and uh, he is currently the highest paid Ranger. 
and his cap hit is seven point eight million. So, and he is a UFA next season, so it, it would be a rental. And yeah, uh, no, I mean, and again, I'm fine with him coming on this team because we're oh. not, we wouldn't, this team wouldn't be paying him that much. Right, right. But, but yeah, I mean, and you're not locked in for next year if he does poorly. Okay, see you later, Rick. Thanks for playing. But, I mean, you you cannot give up a lot for him at this point in his career. No, and I and I I agree, and I, I would I would take Nash like you said for a burglar and a fifth round pick that or a fourth round pick whatever that that sounds I'd do that assuming they pick up half of his salary yada yada and it works within the cap and it doesn't you know impede us from getting uh, like a Hoffman but um, hey at Hoffman and Nash there you go I'd like that that'd be that'd be good but you say you say stick Nash on (laughs) stick Nash on a second line third line whatever um, and he could possibly contribute. So I'd be f- in favor of that. My problem with Nash is, is if someone is coming in, if someone is expecting him to, uh, be that huge difference maker that he was, you know, eight years ago. Um, he's just not going to be that guy, um, anymore. So I don't, I, 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 I don't think you should trade part of your future top prospect, um, number one draft pick for this guy. I wouldn't do that. Like you said. Well, and let's let's. I mean, I know that he hasn't had a ton of playoff experience, but he's been he bad. does not have good no. playoff numbers no. at all. He's been bad. That's and that's another thing because that would be that would be the most Blues thing ever to get a guy that is actually worse in the playoffs than than. Uh, you 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 get a guy to help you in the playoffs, and he's a bad playoff performer. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and uh, Bob Rukowski just tweeted us. Uh, this is relating to the last game. Uh, why is Yo starting an extra defenseman when scoring is non-existent? That is an excellent point, Bob. I never even thought about it's that. Probably because Bowmeister can't play the minutes he used to, but they have they want to play him for some reason. Because I I honestly believe that they think that even though he's got a no trade clause, they may be able to move him. But if you scratch him, if you make him a healthy scratch, he has zero value. And I think they really think that maybe there's a chance somebody will take a chance on him. I don't. But I'm telling you right now, nobody is. If they watch him play, he is a shell of the man he used to be. We said that I I agree with you, but we did say the same thing about Laterra. I, I hate true. I hate to keep talking about Laterra and immovable contracts, which we thought he was, and maybe you're you're you know it's like wishful thinking to try and have it happen twice in a year, but uh, man. Would that go down as a GM of the year for Armstrong if he uh, pulled off the the uh, Laterra trade and then uh, Bowmeister trade? Just just getting rid it, of for anybody. <laughs> it makes me sick because I'm I'm I do not like the makeup of this roster. But yes, in one year trading Laterra and Bowmeister and maybe even Steen or Berglund. But you know what? Yeah, he would earn it. You know what though? I it just occurred to me that he signed these people to these contracts too. So. Mm-hmm. he's just like you shouldn't really get too much credit for undoing your own bad work so that's, that's my point i actually said that last night yeah. was we signed this guy to a four-year extension for getting himself out of his own mess yeah that would be that would be like me costing my company eight million dollars but then being like oh it's okay i brought back seven million we're good we're good right how bad how bad does this burgling contract look to you i mean i He's a, it's a 3.85 cap. It's not terrible, 
But he's, I mean, he's going to be a blue until the, through the 2022 season. <laughs> My, so, yeah, the cap hit doesn't bother me. Even through 2022, the, the cap hit's not a problem for me. It's the fact that you've got other players coming up, and they knew that when they signed him to that yeah, contract. No sense. That they've got other players coming up that are going to take that third-line scoring role and probably even be penalty kill guys. He becomes completely irrelevant i think within two years like getting well, him on this team now yeah you can use him in multiple roles you can even put him on the power play if you need to not awful considering the options this team has but within two years well if, it, if the blues don't trade all their prospects <laughs> he, he's playing fourth line minutes well you know what in two years okay so after so two seasons from now he, okay so next year he's making 4.7 the after that, 4.5. Then it drops. In 2021, he makes 2.9. And then last year's contract, he makes 2.45. So maybe that allows the Blues, after two years from now, to then move his contract because he's cheaper. Granted, the cap hits the same, but the actual money being spent is less. So a, so a lesser team, a team that uh, like Arizona that's right. looking to pay players less. Right. That's what but they need, they need the cap hit to, to, get, to, the yeah. seat, to get to the floor. But they don't want to pay him as much. So maybe, but at the same time, does he not have a no trade clause as well? I think he does, which is. I think he's got a limited. Yeah, but a lot of players will, you know. Okay, here's the twelve teams I want to go to. Yeah. At that point, I'll, I don't think it'll matter. It'll be like a okay. Let's get let's just move him. For anybody. Um. Like I said, uh, the show is available for anyone to join us. Let's go blues.com slash radio. Go ahead and uh, jump on. You can talk some hockey with us. And uh, if you disagree with anything we've said or agree with us or whatever, or want to bring up something new, that's cool too. Um, the Steph, if you're still listening, we'd love to talk to you some more. <laughs> uh, up next to the blues is Thursday night in Colorado or uh, against Colorado. It is in St. Louis. Uh, Colorado is 29, 19, and 4, which I saw their record. I knew they were, you know, they had played well uh, lately. And But, man, 29, 19, and 4, that's a nice record. And they're 6, 3, and 1 in the last 10. And they've scored the second most goals in the division and allowed the second most. So maybe the Blues can score a few. The Blues are five points ahead of Colorado, but the Avs have three games in hand, which uh, is a very similar situation to last night in Minnesota. So it's a, it's, a, it's a game you want to win to create distance from the teams behind you if you want to make the playoffs. They can't keep losing but, these games. And this is why we mentioned um, a couple weeks ago, I think when they had the, the Arizona game coming up, the two Senators games. Granted, they won the two Senators games, but we said you have to win the easy games to create some distance between you and the teams following you. And that way, games like this – when you're playing a team that's chasing you in the standings, yeah, you want to win them, but you don't have to. At this point, the Blues have to start winning against division rivals because they're catching them in the standings. Hell, they're passing them in the standings. So now you're looking at a situation where when they play the 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 Anaheims of not the Anaheim, the Colorados of the world and the the Winnipegs, you have to win those games. And keep in mind. Yeah, Chicago's last in the division, but they they have what three games remaining against them? Yeah, we only put them once. Yeah, I mean, you you have to win those. I mean that 
the Chicago Blackhawks, yeah, they may be having a kind of a rough season. They always give it their all against the St. Louis Blues. So you have to win these division games at this point. Tomorrow night, I will never say it's a must win because the season doesn't end if they lose. But uh, it is a very big game for this team. It's a bounce-back game after a terrible game against Minnesota. They have to come out with a strong effort. And, I mean, for me, even though you're still giving them a point, you have to at least take it to overtime. I mean, you you got to prove that you can hang with these teams in your division. I think I, I tweeted out <clears throat> last night's game that uh, if the Blues didn't come out with some fire and play uh, a spirited, uh, effective, good, solid uh, third period, that they should be booed out of the building uh, because this is a pathetic game. I think uh, if the Blues uh, turn in another stinker uh, against Colorado tomorrow night, I think that the fans should let them have it. I really do. I something. I mean, if the fans, I, there are some people online. It drives me bananas that say, "Oh, you can't, you can't boo this team. You can't. I, I, you, I'll always love this team. I'll never boo this team." Well, you know what? Well, then, then, then you're just gonna sit there and, and give your money to it to, uh, and and not voice your displeasure when something is 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 bad. Um, I think that uh, if if they're playing uh, subpar hockey and and below their expectation below your, below your expectations uh, consistently and uh, pissing points away and slipping out of the playoffs, um, they should get booed. They should um, make ownership hear it. Um, that, that's embarrassing for a team to get booed on their home ice and lose to teams below them in the standings. Especially in a city like St. Louis where we live and die by our sports teams. I mean, you, you look at the love for the Cardinals and the blues. Um, and, and it's just, you get booed in St. Louis and you're wearing a home sweater. Uh, that's, that's a bad sign. It is. And Tom Stillman knows that. And so does Doug Armstrong. So yeah, I, and, and we said this before, at least I have, you're paying money to get in the building. You have every right. And I'm not saying you should be throwing stuff or, you know, getting drunk and cussing and, and screaming in front of little kids or something, but you're paying your hard-earned money to get into that building. If you want to boo the team who's just playing like crap and, and just not giving you a good experience, you have every right to do that. Totally agree. Um, the uh, blue social media fails. We got a couple here from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Could have made an appearance again. I could have I could have grabbed uh, a bunch of ones from Twitter, but I think we kind of covered some of that earlier with the goaltending stuff. Um, from the St. Louis Blues Lounge, uh, our favorites. Yeah, they're and you know they're just they're just so good at this. So they they win the gold medal for social media fails. You know what? I mean, I scroll through there. Because honestly, there there are some funny stuff that gets posted. Oh yeah, no, I, I I enjoy looking at the Blues Lounge. I, I it's 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 fun to scroll through. I think and I think that they have a lot of members, so I think you're always going to have a a handful of folks that post ridiculous funny stuff. Uh, not not funny on purpose. <laughs> the stuff that's funny yeah. when it's not supposed to be funny. That's what we're kind of talking about a little bit. So um, anyway, uh, Jordan Bradford posts. Uh, and this is after the uh, last game, the 6-2 to loss to Minnesota. Typical lounge implosion. After one bad game, we'll be fine. Have faith. So apparently <laughs> after, so Mr. Bedford is, uh, must have just started watching hockey this season last game because uh, it has not just been one bad game. 
It's been yeah. If if Jordan's listening to this show, uh, he probably doesn't like me because I had a typical lounge implosion during this episode. <laughs> They've had quite a few bad games this season uh, lately. So, which is uh, the whole reason behind all the outrage. No reason to throw this here, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, he does not belong in social media fails, but we got another tweet from Mr. Blue's Hat, which, if you're not following, what the hell is wrong with you? Even if you're not a Blues fan, follow this guy. Uh, Untouchable, Petro, Petro Pareko, Dunn, Edmondson, Tarasenko, Shen, Schwartz, and Thompson. Everyone else can go for the right price. Would you throw anyone else in there? That seems about right to me. I like that list, actually. Um, yeah, no, I like it. Uh, that's uh, that's I think that's who I would pick. Um, yeah, I think I'd like to see Saboka go. I think I'd like oh, to I- see uh, uh, Bowmeister go, uh, uh, Berglund go, uh, most notably. Uh, Steen can go, and I like Steen. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Steen. Um, I like his attitude on the ice. I think he's just struggling with uh, actually uh, producing and uh, being effective on the ice. I like, I like him a lot, and I think he's just kind of fallen off a little bit because um, he was very good just a couple seasons ago. But I like it. Yeah, and and uh, I agree with you. I'm, I'm a big Steam fan too, but um, yeah, it's his contract uh, where this team's trying to go. He just doesn't fit anymore. Um, so if you could move him and bring in somebody else for that second line. Um, I think it really does kind of bolster the lineup enough to where they'll start scoring a, a little bit more with a little more consistency, but I still think they got to make at least two moves to be relevant in Stanley Cup talk. I agree. Offensively. Yeah, uh, yeah offensively, yeah. yes. I agree. Uh, uh, you want me to take the next one? Go right ahead. Joe Michael from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Two first names. Uh, I've been saying this for years. The note needs to make something happen for Ovechkin. I'd be willing to bet that the Caps would look at a straight-up trade and eat a small portion of Ovechkin's contract to get a younger, controlled player. (laughs) That's what they want to do. They're trying to unload Ovechkin or anybody. Just don't don't even eat part of his contract. (laughs) Listen, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they would be listening to offers for Ovechkin, but they are going to ask for the moon. They're not just going to want... They're going to probably want five prospects, multiple draft picks, and a roster player. I mean, there is there is no way any team could afford to trade for Alexander Ovechkin. Isn't he... Is he leading the league in scoring right now, or goals? He's close to it. So. He's yeah, close he to was. It. Yeah, he's close to it, but he's not. Yeah, he's still got it. And he's, he's still an, an elite player. Um, so. I, the only reason I say listen to offers is because they got to change something up in Washington because it's obviously not working. But I think every other player on that roster goes before Ovechkin because at the very least, Ovechkin's putting a sold-out crowd in that building every night. Uh, the last one here we got is, uh, and this one, I tossed this one in at the last second. Uh, this is from Justin Blacka. 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 Uh, we need a Was heavy. He, wasn't he a member of? He was a member of Insync, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. Uh, yes. Uh, Joy Fatone was. Uh, yeah, he was the. Uh, on, the on the poster I had in my bedroom, he was standing to the left of Joy Fatone. Yeah, yeah, and he was the one that uh, that, that would ever that would rap every now and then. He yeah, would, he would take on the rap ones. Do you think uh, it's Joey Fat one? Yeah, I mean, really. No, Let's it's be fat honest. One. It's yeah, Fat one. For sure. I mean, especially now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, he's the he he announces uh, Steve Harvey for every Family Feud. Does he really? Yeah, I actually yep. I actually like him. I I mean he's I mean I never I was not a big fan of his music or anything, but I, I he seems like a funny guy. He's on different shows and stuff. Is seems to have a good sense of humor about his whole life. So um, anyway, Justin Blacka, Blacka, Blacha. We need a heavy hitter back like Reeves. This team has no pushback, no heart, no one leading them, and what seems to be no fight to win at all. I know people say there's no room for a wasted roster spot and a bruiser, but the top players for this team don't seem to play without one. Um, and this goes on for actually paragraphs. So, and, and the last paragraph says, in other words, the Blues need a Doug Glatt, the movie goon for those who don't know. Someone to motivate is just as important as someone scoring. I get what they're saying, but um, there is no place on this team for a goon. I would say... A Ryan Reeves player, okay, but yeah, not. So this isn't really a social media fail so much as just something I disagree with uh, in general. No, I, I mean, and we've talked at nauseum about this, especially early in the season. That uh, first of all, I mean, why not Thorburn, right? Right. Well, we, yeah, and that's the point. We have Thorburn. The problem is that he doesn't score. I mean, Reeves had a few goals. Uh, and, well, and he's just not the player Reeves no, is. No, not, right? not even close. And that's, that's, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with them in the sense that Ryan Reeves is an exciting electric player to have on your fourth line. I, I still believe, I haven't watched a ton of Pittsburgh games this year, but I still believe he's one of the best fourth liners in the NHL just because he has hands, he can hit, he can fight. Um, he's not, I mean, if you had to throw him out there, not that they would, but if you had to throw him out there on the penalty kill, he's not going to kill you like a Tony Twist would. Um He's a new age, quote unquote, goon, which I don't even like calling him that. No, um, I wouldn't call him a goon at all. No, no, but but no, I, but that's not what's missing on this team. I mean, you you got guys like Bortuzzo who are supposed to be a little tougher. Uh, I think Yashkin throws his body around just fine for today's NHL. Um, again, I hate to, he doesn't play a lot, but Chris Thorburn, not a big fan of his, but when he's out there, he'll he'll defend his teammates and. Honestly, Braden Shen, I think, does a pretty good job of standing up for the guys on his line. I mean, again, this isn't 1997. We don't need that type of player anymore. That's not what is missing from this team at this point. Uh, he went on to say, too, that um, uh, giving credit for uh, Tarasenko's goal production to Reeves, which uh, I assume he's getting at that Reeves is creating space for Tarasenko or players wouldn't take liberties with Tarasenko because Reeves is on the roster. But again, I mean, you've got, if you have a tough guy on the roster that will fight you, it shouldn't matter who it is. I mean, if, if it's a guy that's going to fight you, like uh, Thorburn, I mean, if he's in the lineup and he's out there, I mean, it should we shouldn't have to have a specific Reeves-type player. That we, I mean, we do have Thorburn in the lineup once in a while. So that, I, 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 don't, I don't like it. I just, I, that's not, I don't, I'm not buying that uh, Tarasenko's lack of goal production is because Reeves isn't on this team. Um, next show for us is, well, I don't think we'll do a show on Valentine's day. That'd be a bad idea. Um, yeah, that wouldn't go well for me. So we've got Thursday, the 15th, maybe, uh, there's no game that night. So if we don't do one, the 15th, uh, next week may be an off week for us. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, we could, we could consider a post game on Tuesday too, because it's a seven o'clock game. Probably wouldn't want to do Friday. That's a seven thirty. Nah, probably not Friday. Maybe, but, maybe put, yeah, if we don't do Wednesday or Thursday, if we don't do, we don't do Thursday. 
we'll shoot for a post game show on Tuesday. That'd be kind of cool. Who do they play on Tuesday? They... Uh, Nashville. That'd oh, be a fun one. Ooh, yeah. I'd say that's what I'm leaning towards. So I'd say uh, people listen to this podcast. If you're interested, uh, we are going to shoot for at least I'm, I'm sorry to kind of make this claim now Tuesday after the game. But if not, we try to do a game Thursday or do a show Thursday. Right. That sounds like a, a plan to shoot for. I like it. Cool. Um, any other tweets we got? Uh, oh, uh, Brian Simpson uh, tweets out uh, lounge tastic. <laughs> You know, Brian's been a, a loyal listener of ours. Let's give him a little love at BM Simp on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he's he's tweeted us a lot over the years, I think. So uh, thanks for listening, Brian. And then that's all we got, I think. Uh, Mr. Blues Hat did tweet me and says, Oh, thanks for the love, Jay Ponder 94 I almost feel bad for talking shit on you. Almost. <laughs> he does do a lot of that. And you know what? <laughs> I have earned it. We we all almost feel bad about talking shit about you. Almost. I know it happens a lot. You should hear my job. Good lord. Mm. I'm in the room, guys. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm right here. <laughs> um, I wonder if Bill is still listening. He may be in bed. He's probably in bed. Uh so I guess that'll about do it. Uh let me throw one thing out before we go. First of all, uh a big thanks to our guest. It was so much fun talking to Steph Driver of um trying to pull up exactly broadstreethockey.com against you you can uh follow her at i'm sorry broad st hockey but yeah sorry broad st hockey that's broadstreethockey.com um is the name of the blog um again sb nation site uh she's at stephalicious d uh d is the letter not spelled out um and you can follow broad street hockey at broad st hockey uh, she's also the executive producer and host of Broad Street Hockey Radio, which is at BSH underscore radio on Twitter. So again, Steph, thank you. And as I told her on Twitter, we'll have to find another reason to have her on again. Um, and I also want to uh, point out, too, that if you're a fan of this show, how can you help us grow? Well, what you can do is you can go on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, Give us a five-star rating. Uh, we don't say that enough. I think we should probably try to bring that up more. Um, for those who don't know, that's how people find us. The higher rated we are, when people search for hockey podcasts, blues podcasts, we'll come up first. So if if you like our show and you liked it for free, that's all I ask of you. Give us a five-star rating. If you don't like us, give us a zero star. I don't care. Just get on there and rate us because, um, you know, it, it's just it's just good to do that for people who provide a free service. You are a right thinking kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I agree, I with, your, agree with that. I agree with your assessment of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, and also the Center Ice Brewery in Midtown St. Louis. Uh, for Jeff Ponder and the Missing in Action Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. 
Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.